This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I want to let you know that the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Over 2 million men worldwide have joined the movement for all their below the waist needs. Engineers for the last 18 months have perfected the greatest hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 3.0. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. You can choose the Lawnmower 3.0 as well as other items by going to manscaped.com and you can also save 20% by using the promo code State of Saints. That's manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints and save 20% on the Lawnmower 3.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. Hey, what's going on with that nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you all so much for tuning in to the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And we have a special guest here on the State of the Saints podcast. We have former New Orleans Saints quarterback, the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. Bobby, what's going on? Of course, the founding father of the Who That Nation <laughs> as well. I don't know if I ever told you that story, but, uh, you know, but when you reflect back, uh, was a lot has happened since uh, Hurricane Katrina, and that was Sean Payton and Drew Brees' first year on um, in, in, in 2006, and it was December the 10th, right after Pearl Harbor, that's why I always remember, December the 10th, uh, 2006, it's really when the term who that nation was spoken, who that was spoken before. But I tell you what, we did the post game. We waxed the cowgirls. We waxed Dallas <laughs> on the road. God, the top of my head, I want to say it was like uh, 40-some, 17. Uh, the, the bottom line, that's when uh, Corny, our fullback, he caught like he scored three touchdowns. That's how good it was going. <laughs> we did on the post game show up until uh, – we almost could have been early in the morning to, to stay on WWL. We did a post-game show until like 3 in the morning. And, well, you know the big single of WWL, how powerful it is. You can hear it in the Carolinas, you know, in the fall when the, the time changes and it's dark. And Well, we had people calling us from all over that were displaced because of Katrina, whether it was like Virginia, Carolina, Missouri. They said, boy, it's great to hear your voice at all out there. And he said, boy, what a convincing win. Boy, it seems like Coach Payton, boy, he's really turned things around. And we were hoping Drew Brees would be that guy. You know, remember, remember that was the season they made the NFC Championship against the Bears. But 
But yeah. all the positive energy going out, I said, man, there's a who that nation out there. Yeah. And, uh, and I tell you what, it, we really grasped onto it because the Saints have always been a blue collar team. Uh, you know, that's all we say. How can you not cheer for a team like the Saints? Be very similar. How can you cheer against the Cleveland Browns? Right. <laughs> and it's not a major market. You know, so when, when I look at where the Saints are at, uh, there is a lot of from north, south, east, west, a big following in California and all over. And, uh, and TJ, that's why I wanted to ask you now. Uh, how and how can you not be a Carolina Panther fan? You must have some Louisiana connection. How you you came to became you know to love the Saints yeah. and now doing the, the State of the Saints podcast. Oh uh, well, Bobby, um, I'm originally from New Orleans. I was born and raised in New Orleans. Uh, I was a okay. uh, I lived in New Orleans till I was 19. The Hurricane Katrina hit. You know, I was a uh, I was a freshman at Dillard University in Gentilly uh, when uh, you know when Hurricane Katrina hit. So I, I mean, I'm 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 originally from New Orleans. So uh, the Saints is, uh, is in my blood, and you know, I I learned about the New Orleans Saints from my grandmother, who is a huge fan of yours. I normally don't do this, Bobby, but she she would kill me if I didn't. Uh, she's a huge fan of yours. I mean, I can just remember her. You know. Me being a kid like four years old and her just jumping all over every time you would score a touchdown <laughs> back in the day. So uh, my grandmother, uh, Miss Maxine Jones, like she she loves you. So that's one of the main reasons I fell in love with the team. Well, well you can tell Miss Maxine, grandmother, that I'm a fan of hers. Yeah. You know, that's where, you know, two reasons Shantine told me this. That's where really uh, I was part of the groundwork, also the Dawn Patrol, laying the foundation to get fans hope. Yeah. You know, even with the great Archie Manning, uh, they never went better than eight and eight. Right. Uh, you know, they were 500. Well, I never forget in 1987, that was the strike season. Not only did we win more than eight games, we won nine in a row. Right. They canceled one game. We finished 12 and three that year. Uh, then we got waxed by the damn Vikings in <laughs> uh, the playoffs. But uh, boy, I feel fortunate that, you know, I was quarterback in a winning team when I looked at the late 80s, early 90s. You know, uh, twice we won uh, 12 games. Uh, you know, it was crazy because uh, they had limited playoff spots. In 1988, we went 10 and 6 and didn't make the playoffs. Wow. Usually, I'd say if you get to double digits, you know, you can at least be a wild card. You'll be in the postseason. But we right. didn't make the playoffs. We won 10 games. And then in 91, we finished 11 and 5 and won the NFC West. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'd have a little more success if we could, 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 could have gotten away from the damn 49ers. <laughs> and, and, you know, when I look back at the 49ers, and, uh, and I'm proud of this, I have a winning record against the Hall of Famer Steve Young, but uh, out of 11 games, I've only beaten Joe Montana twice. Wow. Uh, you know, they always look at the quarterback. I know it's a, a team sport. Mm. But the one thing I've always had success against is the AFC. Yeah. That was the craziest thing. I, I won. I was 20-0, and 0, won 20 straight games against the AFC opponent. The 21st game, we played the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we lost to them in the Super, Superdome, I want to say, like 24-23, something, something like that with Jim Kelly. Mm-hmm. You know, playing cover two men. And uh, that year, I was the least sacked quarterback uh, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say 92. I only got sacked 12 times in 15 games, and they sacked me three times that one game. And I wasn't holding on the ball. I was getting rid of it. Yeah. Uh, but they could play cover two men, and they had that pass rush. We ended up losing to the Bills, but nothing 
to feel bad about because the Buffalo Bills were an NFC team. You know, they went to four straight Super Bowls yep. and, and never won. Yep. So I, I feel a big part of Saints history, but now we're in the heyday. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that continues the next decade from 2020 to 2030, basically, yep. uh, with Jameis Winston and Taysom. So, uh, so hopefully they can get it done. I still think we have a lot of pieces in place, but what's really been a headache, what's occurred uh, right now, mm-hmm. is uh, cornerbacks. Yep. All of a sudden, that was an unbelievable strength. When you had Jack Rabbit, Jannard Jenkins, and Lattimore, mm-hmm. I mean, the, 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 I liked our duo against anyone. It just goes to show you that's when the salary cap comes into play. Jack Rabbit, I want to say two or three days after we had to let him go, he signs with the Titans. Yep. I think he'll be a stud for them. And mm-hmm. they were Lattimore, come on, you can't get in trouble. You're getting ready to get paid. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was the crazy thing to me, Bobby. I'm like, look, this is a contract year. Like, you don't want to give the organization any type of leverage over you. You know, when you when you're negotiating a contract, so you know that's something that you know that he he had to take into consideration. But I, I definitely agree. But let me, let me ask you this: since we're talking cornerbacks, uh, you know, the NFL draft is coming up. Do you think the Saints need to address the cornerback position in the first round? Yeah. I just think we're offensive line. We're going to control the trenches. And we go to a number of different directions. Cornerback, I think on the defensive line, I'd say more D tackles. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, when you think about it, listen, nothing against uh, David Onyemata, because I think David Onyemata is a stud. But you, you had key guys in the rotation, and, and they're no longer there. Malcolm Brown is a big part of, of, our, of our run defense and what we're able to do. And uh, I know David uh, and Onyemata appreciate him. Sheldon Rankins, yeah. you know, he's healthy as well. Can he stay healthy? Right. So I would, I'd say corner or uh, D-tackle. I just don't think Saints fans right now would be overly confident. And I, they are NFL players, mm-hmm. but we're sticking P-Rob or P.J. Williams out there. Oh, no. I think, I think the fans look at P.J. Williams more as a hybrid, a safety type guy. Yeah. And if you look at Patrick Robinson, he's 34 years of age. And he's only played, he's been hurt a lot lately. He's only played 26 of the possible 48 games since he returned to the Saints in 2018. Right. You got then another one's a practice squad guy, uh, Grant Haley. Mm-hmm. Now, Keith Washington, Keith Washington from West Virginia, I went to watch, you know, it was limited we can watch training camp. Right. And I'm there for a little more than half the practices. Mm-hmm. Keith Washington was outstanding. He was hanging with the vets. Right. And Aaron Glenn loved him. But he is so skinny. <laughs> it looks like if he ever tried to tackle Derrick Henry, he would break in half. Try and trip him. But he can run and make plays. Bubba was he skinny. And he's like a he can run and cover. Yeah. He was tiny. Yeah. And I thought, I thought that was, God, that guy got to work out, maybe put a little meat on his bones, and if he can still move like he's moving, he might have a future. Plus, you don't have to pay him. Right. So they would want those kind of guys to succeed. Yeah, I mean, you look at Key Washington, that was somebody that I was always wondering why wasn't he out there. But I, I just think that, a, a, you know, a year almost like similar to like a red shirt year where you can learn, you know, uh, you know, from veterans and, you know, maybe gain a little bit more weight. You know, I, I think that he can be a, a, a baller. But I do think they need to address the cornerback position, Bobby, because, I mean, this is a passing league. And you can arguably say, 
that some of the best wide receivers in football reside in the NFC South. I mean, you're dealing with Julio and Calvin Ridley. Uh, you're dealing with, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I mean, they got so many talented wide receivers. And, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, so many talented uh, receivers, you know, in this division. And then, you know, you're going outside the division playing in the AFC East this season. I mean, they have talented, uh, you know, players in their own right. So you have to make sure that you have guys that can cover or it, it's going to be it's, it's going to be an open and shut case, if you will. <laughs> like, it, it's going it, it's going to be some uh, it, it's going to be some some bad football being played. Well, TJ, we want to keep our defense at least in the top 10. Right. And uh, we got to still be stout against the run. Yeah. I said, that's uh, Malcolm Brown. I think he, he was unbelievable, outstanding. Uh, and now, you know, at least we got a seven-round pick, but he, he's with the Jaguars. Right. But uh, you still got to get a pass rush. He, yep. he knows on the hot seat, and he's been on the hot seat. Uh, uh, come on, Marcus Davenport. Right. Uh, he has to do something. Yeah. If, 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 he need, if he wants to get paid, mm. and, you know, you, you know, Mickey Loma said, I never get this with Robert Nietzsche, my wide receiver and all that. You get these rookies, you give them for sure three, if not four years to develop and then see where they're at, and they should be ready to roll. Because yep. one of the Saints gave up Davenport, somehow he needs to stay healthy. Yep. And he needs to have a Trey Hendrickson type year. Because we're going to have to get a pass rush to help out whatever corner or quarterbacks are out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, look I think about this, Bobby. I, I think about. Marcus Davenport being drafted to the Saints. I, I always tell this story here on the State of the Saints podcast. I know exactly where I was. I was at the gym working out, and the draft was on television, and I was, like, in between reps, and the Saints were up next. And this was the time where, you know, we all thought that the Saints were probably going to go quarterback and get Lamar Jackson. So we would seen the Saints move up, and everybody was like, oh, yeah, they're about to get Lamar. They're about to get Lamar. And all of a sudden, they get Davenport, who a lot of Saints fans never even heard of. And I feel like now it's like his, his career is always going to be compared to Lamar Jackson because we're going to be saying, like, man, if the Saints could have possibly had Lamar on this team, Lamar goes on to lead Baltimore to the playoffs and win league MVP. Meanwhile, you know, Marcus Davenport is spending uh, more time, you know, in, in the ice tub than, you know, saying than, than anything. You know, so he's always going to be compared to that. But the Saints did, uh, you know, sign Tano passing, yo. Uh, do you think that he will be a, a key contributor to this team? Well, he looks the part. He looks more like a power forward, though. He's, <laughs> he, boy, he, how can you say a human being is 290 pounds and they're not fat? <laughs> he's like six foot seven, and hopefully we can give him a nickname to who that nation instead of uh, passing, yo. You call him sacking you. <laughs> and, you know, I think uh, you know. I was, I was like, how do I pronounce this name? And then I remember starting thinking about, okay, give him a nickname. I was saying, hey, we, actually, we have two Villanova uh, players on the team, and you wouldn't think, like I said, he has to be the only Villanova player. So I mean, I'm, I'm gonna call him Nova. But then when you look on the uh, offensive line, uh, now he still needs to develop. You think Greenwich yeah. is? Uh, uh, is from Villanova. You, yeah. you think that's a basketball school? Yeah. Well, we talk about a, a, a smart individual and, uh, and and just a beast, six foot seven, right at two hundred ninety pounds. Uh, if 
you look, he appeared in 66 games with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was a second-round pick right. in that 2017 draft. His best season uh, came in 2019. He had four sacks in the regular season and two more during that Chiefs Super Bowl run. Right. And he was playing 62% of the defensive snaps. Now, the, re- the reason why I bring that up, look at Trey Henderson's production. He only played, Trey Henderson only played 53% of the snaps. Right. And you look bang for your buck production. And what's also outstanding, even though you look like he's a little taller, you maybe want a little more base foundation, even, you know, being 6'7", 290, uh, he can be 320 and still maybe look thin. But he can play both on the defensive edge and the interior. And I know uh, Coach Ryan Nielsen will love that to rotate him and, you know, get the best pass rushes on a passing down, but also can utilize them uh, not only on the edge, but on the interior. Yeah, and, and I, I think that Ryan Nielsen is going to develop him too. You know, I think that, you know, th- he does an outstanding job with developing those guys on the line. I mean, I think he's one of the main reasons why Trey Henderson got paid. I think that uh, he's a he's the main reason why you've seen a jump from Carl Granderson from year one to year two. And I think that with Tano passing, yo, with his ability and his athleticism, uh, I think that he may take that extra step. I mean, Ryan Nielsen, to me, is, the, is a is, – I won't say he's a well-kept secret. I mean, he, he had a, a lot of coordinating, coordinating jobs, you know, and the Saints had to do a lot to keep him. But, you know, you have a – he's a guy that, you know, does an outstanding job, you know, getting the most out of players that a lot of people may consider, you know, bottom of the barrel or bottom tier players. So – um, it's good to have him on the team. Uh, Tano passing, you know, like you said, uh, you know, he's a, he's a guy with a lot of promise. Uh, speaking of, and, and, mm-hmm. and then, uh, DJ, when you think of this, uh, you know, one reason you know he, he maybe wouldn't admit that, uh, admit this, but uh, uh, not only the, the coaching you're gonna get, but playing opposite of Cam Jordan. Uh, you know, yeah. here's Cam Jordan. Maybe you know we always used to wanting uh, to pencil in him double digit sacks. But Cam Jordan from the get-go has been an every down defensive end, first, second, first, second, third down. You know, in Cal, I want to say off the top of my head, he only had like four sacks. Right. He was a run stuffer, but he developed his pass rush. And now teams aren't going to like, because uh, he's not been that far removed from being an uh, all-pro, teams are not going to double-team, uh, even when uh, Trey Henderson was getting off, they're not going to double-team Trey Henderson and leave uh, – uh, you know, Cam Jordan one-on-one. Right. So uh, we, we, what we don't have right now, I'm still concerned, like, uh, with the depth. And big opportunities are going to come for Carl Grandison, mm. who I like uh, out of Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of a steal, because uh, if he wouldn't have gotten in trouble, I think with some domestic violence thing, he wouldn't have yeah. gotten in trouble. He, he would have got drafted high. He has that kind of ability. Yeah. But also a great opportunity for Shai Tuttle from uh, Tennessee, and then Malcolm Roach, you know, Malcolm Roach is from Baton Rouge. He went to the University of Texas. But mm-hmm. those are three young players. Great opportunity for them to step up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing that. You know, I, I really have enjoyed the development of uh, these players, you know, just watching them uh, grow as players and, and see them, you know, be contributors. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And maybe that's one of the main reasons why the New Orleans Saints aren't really in panic mode when it comes to like certain positions because they believe in Ryan Nielsen, even though I feel like they do need depth. I think that they, they see what he's been doing over the last couple of years and, you know, they, they have to be pretty uh, happier with what they have, but let's talk about, uh, you know, moving forward from Drew Brees. Uh, but before I do, uh, Bobby, uh, 
you know, just just watching Drew Brees from the time where he signed with the New Orleans Saints to, you know, he the time that he decides to uh, retire this this uh, last season. Uh, tell me, uh, what, what are you going to remember most about number nine in the Saints uniform? Well, first off, actually, if you could, could be in the position where they're a living legacy, you usually have to die. And then they, uh, boy, look at that individual, you know, how awesome he was. But he is truly a, a living legend. And, and uh, to accomplish what he did on and off the field is unbelievable. But I'd say on the football field, playing the position, you know, I played Conning USFL. Uh, I played 15 years pro football. Yeah. So uh, just his accuracy. Overall accuracy, knowing where to go with the ball, and just his work ethic and how he prepares. Uh, very similar. You got to have a skill. Now, obviously, you got to have a skill set, but just the preparation of like a Peyton Manning and Drew Brees. Well, you can see just their work ethic and how they prepared. That if they had talent put in the right place, they would have success. Yeah. And just um, answering the bell and being the leader. You know, one thing uh, that always kind of caught me off guard because I don't remember seeing this. Uh, you might have in the past, but usually this is like a middle linebacker, like a Ray Lewis type, would be leading the chant before the game. Yeah. Uh, like Dan Marino, John Elway, Joe Montana. They never did that. I, I never witnessed a quarterback getting the team fired before a game like Drew Brees. Me neither. Now, uh, when Drew Brees is out, DeMario Davis. DeMario Davis is that new leader yeah. uh, to do that. But, but I remember, like, whoa, I, I was all so focused about what I had to do. I said, man, if you can't motivate yourself, we're playing professional football. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I always was impressed with that because I don't remember any top-notch quarterback ever leading the chance of the team before the game started. Yeah, neither have I. You know, I've never seen that. That was the first time I actually ever uh, I seen it. I mean, you, you, I mean, Ray Lewis. I mean, we we seen like you know footage of him like in a circle. We know about his trademark little dance when he comes out of the smoke. I mean, but I, I've never seen a quarterback like you know like Drew Brees who you just commands the huddle the way that he does and you know just gets everybody fired up. And I mean, it, it became like you know, a staple, you know, in, in the Saints organization. Like, we, it's almost like, you know, we as fans, like, we, we go to uh, New Orleans Saints uh, Twitter pages or the website just to see uh, Drew Brees' pregame huddle. So, yeah, I mean, we all love number nine. I mean, he, he really just changed the fortunes of, of the New Orleans Saints and what a lot of people in, in mainstream sports media thought about the team. You know, I, I think they, I, I believe that he doesn't get the credit that he deserves, you know, for being great sometimes. You know, I always say, Bobby, that, you know, you got to you gotta bring a guy, you know, you got to kick him up a couple of notches when he's a pioneer. And, you know, when you think about a guy who's undersized, a guy that's like six feet, he, he opened the doors for a lot of these other under, you know, undersized quarterbacks like a Russell Wilson, like a Kyler Murray, like a Baker Mayfield, you know, guys that probably wouldn't have got an opportunity if Drew Brees – uh, wasn't as successful as he was. So I just, I would just, I just hope, you know, when they, when they're talking about Drew Brees, they take that into consideration because I mean, it was an uphill battle for a guy like that. And, and we seen like the stories and we seen what happened with people like Doug Flutie, guys that can play, but then look like the prototypical quarterback. Drew Brees changed what a lot of people thought about guys. And it, it's, it's about, can you play more so than what you look like in a uniform? And I think it has a lot to do with number nine being under center. 
you know. Right now, before I don't we have any OTAs or minicap, 
But as of right now, I would say that going into training camp, that you can see a lot of the same thing that you witnessed last year with Drew Brees and Taysom, but it'll be Jameis Winston and, and Taysom Hill. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that Jameis Winston uh, needs an opportunity, you know, to, to resurrect his career. You know, I, I think that a lot of the Who That Nation, they're looking at, you know, the tail end of Drew Brees' career. And, but, you know, a lot of people, you know, were kind of skeptical about Drew Brees. They didn't know what to make about Drew back in 2006. And Drew Brees, you know, changed a lot of people's mind. He showed that he can be a successful quarterback. And not only is he a successful quarterback, but an all-time great. And, you know, I just think that Jameis has all the tools. And and in some cases, he has better tools than uh, Drew Brees when it comes to, like, arm strength and, and some of the things that he can, you know, also bring to the table. But I just think that, you know, Saints fans, uh, we've become a little bit spoiled with the quarterback play. So he's going to forever be compared to Drew no matter, like, you know, what he does. You know, if he makes a mistake, people are going to be like, well, Drew wouldn't do that. If he if he throws it to the wrong guy, be like, well, Drew wouldn't have done that. So, you know, like they, they have that saying, it, it's best to be the, the man after the man after the man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Instead of the man after the man being a successor, you know. Man, yeah. Still trying to look for um, the next Dan Marino with the Dolphins. Yep. I don't know if it's gonna be Tua. I mean, uh, then you got Matt Jones coming out of Alabama. Right. I mean, when you think about that, uh, Alabama quarterbacks as of late, you got to go old school. Yeah. You got to go back to Bart Starr. You got to go back to Joe Namath. Right. You got to go back to Kenny Snake Stabler. <laughs> but the modern day Alabama quarterbacks. Uh, I'll be interested to see when, when all said and done between Tua's career and then, uh, you know, with Mike Jones, or what's going to happen, yeah. uh, you know, with him because he's rising up the charts in the draft. But uh, the bottom line is uh, James Winston can make all the throws. Yeah. And it's good that you can push the ball downfield because then you can keep a defense honest. Yeah. But you just got to protect it. You have to know when to hold them and know when to pull them. And yeah. if you can do that, uh, I think James is going to have success in the same uniform. Yeah. Final final question for you, Bobby. Uh, do you think that the quarterback that could possibly lead the Saints to the Super Bowl is in the locker room right now? Uh, that, 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 that I thought Drew Brees was going to go.
But you look with Tom Brady left the Patriots, how they went down. I don't mm-hmm. expect that uh, with the Saints. Right. I expect him still to be amongst the best in the NFC and uh, to be in the playoffs with Jameis leading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very uh, intrigued about this season. I mean, we we have a lot of unanswered questions, you know. And as members of the Who That Nation, Saints fans everywhere, but. You know, I trust this coaching staff. I think that they do a really good job. I think sometimes, like, we get, uh, you know, so focused on Drew Brees and the way that he plays. I think sometimes we forget about, you know, how great this team has, has been, you know, and and them preparing for life outside of Drew Brees. There, there are a lot of bright spots on this team. And there's a lot of leadership that can lead the Saints into, you know, the next generation for them to be successful uh, going forward. Uh, but, Bobby, huh? Uh, you know, free agent. But I, I'm more to tell you the truth. If, uh, if 
if we're not as successful as we were uh, in the past or even the last four years, you know, no one has won more games than us. Right. I think it's going to be because our defense, not Jameis Winston in the offense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the offense is always going to be fine because you have Sean Payton calling the plays and, Sean Payton is not one of those coaches like a Bruce Arians that that just believes, oh, you you are going to work in my system. You know, the, the players say all the time that Sean Payton uh, utilizes the strengths of those players. You know, like if he he sees that you're a downfield burner, he'll call more downfield plays for you. I mean, we've seen that with Robert Meacham, Devery Henderson. When he's seen you as a move-to-sticks type player when it came to Lance Moore and Willie Sneed over the years. So he's going to put guys in the positions to succeed. He's not going to really ask a player to do something that's, you know, outside of his realm. And I think that's worked for the New Orleans Saints. And I do feel like, Bobby, I think the New Orleans Saints, to me, I, I think they need that guy that you can count on, like an Anquan Bowden guy on third down that can get you that first down. I haven't seen that since, you know, probably Willie Sneed's been on the team, you know, a guy that you can count on on third and four, third and five uh, to move the sticks. And I, I really feel like there's a guy out there by the name of Golden Tate who I feel like would be a good fit for the New Orleans Saints when it comes to third down situations. But I also feel like they need to get themselves another uh, rookie wide receiver later in the draft. Maybe, you know, a guy that, you know, that that has some speed, you know, kind of similar to Deontay Harris because Deontay Harris is a playmaker. He he is a problem when he's on the field. We've seen that in a game versus Tampa. I really feel like if he probably would have stayed on the field, probably would have been a different story. But um, I do think the Saints need a, a bigger body that can do some of the things that Deontay can do, a guy that, you know, can absorb some of that punishment. When you're a 5'8", 5'9", 170-pound guy and you get tackled by 300-pound <laughs> linemen, uh, you know, I mean, like, I mean, it, it, there's a, a strong chance that you can end up uh, being injured. Uh, but, uh, Bobby, I want to say thank you. Know, you know, huh? The only thing you do, we want, we want Deontay Harris to be Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I appreciate it so much, Bobby. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you on WWL. And uh, thank you for uh, giving us a, a slogan that we can run with, uh, the Who That Nation. The Godfather of Who That Nation. Uh, That's it. Who That Nation. All right, TJ, give me a Who That before I run. Who That? Who That? Yeah, guys, we always tell the players when they come to the Saints, we got to be on the radio. Come on, you got to bring it from within. You can't say like, <laughs> exactly thank you so much bobby for your time we really do appreciate it thank you all right tj later all right take care yeah and that was the cajun cannon bobby a bell 
man that was the Cajun Cannon Bobby A. Bell uh blessing us with some some great commentary uh here on the State of the Saints podcast thank you all so much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast making us a part of your Monday afternoon and uh you know got some time go ahead and answer some of your questions so what do you all think you know about you know Bobby A. Bell some of his comments uh what do you think about you know some of the things that he said about the Saints you know needing uh you know to address some issues defensively you know what do you think about that I, I think that he he hit the nail on the head you know I, I never have been concerned about the Saints offense because I know that the Saints offense is going to be really good you know what I'm saying as long as you got Sean Payton as your coach as long as you have Sean Payton you know calling these plays I think you should be fine because Sean Payton does a good job putting guys in positions uh to succeed you know and that I think that that's very uh, very, very important. So thank you all so much for being a part of the State of Saints podcast. Uh, thank you for all those that filed in. Uh, you know, I hope you all enjoyed the interview. Uh, Bobby Bear was nice enough to be a part of the show. Uh, you know, come on and uh, give us a few minutes of his time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm appreciative of that, you know. And so let's go ahead and uh, start with the comments. Let's go ahead and start with Damien. Damien says that would be a great sign in Golden Tate. Yeah, I just think that Golden Tate would be something that the Saints are missing. Uh, we know the Saints got a burner in Deontay Harris. We know that they got a possession guy in a Michael Thomas. We know that they have a you know a guy you know in uh, Traquan that can be a, a good blocking wide receiver and also you know catch a, a couple of those uh, you know short passes you know on those wide receiver screens. But the Saints need a, a guy that is not afraid to get his hands dirty. And catch the ball on, on some of those crucial situations to move the chains. You know, that's very important. Uh, you know, the Saints used to uh, look for a player like Jared Cook to do that, like on third downs. But I just think that they need a receiver that can, uh, you know, that can win that matchup on third and four and get you that first down. You know, and and that's something that has been missing. Like I said, I got to go back to Willie Sneed, uh, you know, a guy that I can just think of right off the top of my head there that gave you that type of production. And, uh, you know, as long as, as long as, you know, you don't have that, that can be something that, you know, that can hurt a team because you need uh, those type of guys. Uh, thank you all so much. Uh, and I want to let everybody know uh, that this show is brought to you uh, by Manscaped. Manscaped is the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. And, you know, flowers are blooming. Uh, the grass is growing and it's time to mow your lawn. Thanks to the sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast, Manscaped. You can trim the hedges below the belt safely and efficiently. I am talking about the trimmer, the lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped. The global leader in men's below-the-waist grooming has exclusive offers for you, the State of the Saints podcast audience. All you have to do is use the promo code State of Saints. That's all one word, State of Saints, and you will save 20% on your purchase and there's free international shipping available, and 2 million men have trusted Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. All right, so it's time for a little spring cleaning with Manscaped. And thank you to Manscaped for being the official sponsor for the State of the Saints podcast, and thank you all so much for being here once again. I know I keep on saying that, but it's true. Uh, Pammy says, great interview, TJ. Well, thank you for, you know, Thank you for listening to the interview. I appreciate you all. Thank you for stopping by. Chosen says, I agree. I was never worried offensively. We put up points no matter what, but I just hope defensively we can stay afloat 
We already was having issues with depth. Now that we lost key players, it's even more alarming. So I'm hopeful. I'm hoping the D can at least be efficient. Well, you know, I, I just hope chosen that we don't go back to the dark ages when the Saints couldn't stop a nosebleed. You know, when the offense was rolling, clicking, gelling, whatever you want to call it, and then the defense goes out there and just, you know, just goes out there, gets sliced up like Swiss cheese. And, you know, I just don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see that happen anymore. You know, I think the Saints have made strides over the last couple of years to have a formidable and a respectable defense. I feel like they can do it again, but it's going to take all those guys on defense to be working together. And, you know, you're probably going to have a few hiccups when it comes to communication in, in the secondary early, like like always. But hopefully they can weather the storm. Hopefully they can get pressure on a quarterback. And hopefully they can address some of these issues, like at the linebacker position. And, and hopefully a guy like Tano Passigno and Marcus Davenport can step up and give you the production that you need. Because, look, Cam Jordan, I mean, he had one of his lowest statistical years in the Saints uniform. And, you know, once you start to get a little bit older, you can't really count on those guys to give you that type of production they once did. Now, I'm not saying that uh, Cam Jordan is, you know, is washed. That, that's not true. But, you know, as guys start to get older, you want those younger guys to step up in order for them to one day pick up that flag and carry it, you know, alone, you know, when you're going to war. So, you know, I want to see these other guys step up. You know, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Carl Grandison putting in that work. I've seen what he's doing in the offseason. Notano passing yo, I think that he's extremely athletic. He's an extremely talented defensive end. I think with the right coach, and he can be a disruptor. And Marcus Davenport, man, I mean, look, it's time for him to step up. It's time to show what he has. And, you know, I mean, when you start to uh, go into year three, year four of your career and there's still no, you know, no production, you know, where people can be like, man, you know what I'm saying? This is the reason why the Saints drafted him. I'm not saying that he hasn't done anything. I mean, I'm not going to poo-poo on him like that. But I will say uh, that for what the Saints have given up for him and and what they have done to try to get him in a Saints uniform, he hasn't uh, given them a return on their investment. So it's time to put up a shut up. All right. That's, that's just the facts. Callaway could become the guy. Well, he can. He can become the guy. You know, I'm not looking past Callaway. Uh, I, I think that he's a smart football player. You know, one thing that, that really stood out for me when it came to Callaway uh, was his fearlessness. You know, I think one pad Drew Brees drew to him. Um, a lot of wide receivers probably would have become afraid, you know, to catch that pass. It was a pass where, you know, he was going up the sidelines. Uh, there was a safety kind of, you know, zeroing in on him, you know, and it could have went it could have went south. You know, if he would have caught that ball, the safety could have really just knocked his block off. Or, you know, I mean, he could have easily made a business decision and he still caught the pass. And then there was also another game where I've seen him play. I want to say it was against the Detroit Lions when I seen him like, you know, taking advantage of, of the zone defense. And I mean, he was finding soft spots in the zone. And it takes guys a couple of years in order for them to develop that type of intelligence on the field. So there's a lot of bright spots uh, on this team, especially when it comes from Marquez Callaway. And I'm hoping to see a jump from year one to year two as his confidence uh, develops and he becomes more sure of himself in the Saints offense. Uh, if you like the show, if you enjoyed the interview with Bobby Bear, go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and hit that like button. Uh, show that you appreciate the show and also if you have not already please subscribe to the youtube channel uh, according to 
State of the Saints podcast analytics. There are about 64% of you that are subscribed to the channel, but there's another 30, I want to say 30-some percent of individuals. I want to say 39. I want to say about 39% of individuals that check out the State of the Saints podcast consistently have not subscribed. So if we can get that, uh, you know, that that 39% down just a tad bit, all you got to do is just hit that subscription button. If you like the commentary, if you like the content, if you enjoy the show, just go ahead and hit that subscription button, man. We are trying to uh, get to 10,000, man. We're trying to get to 10,000 subscribers. Uh, we're at 6,000 right now, and we're, I am soliciting help from those that view the show. So if you enjoy the show, you enjoy the interviews, uh, go ahead and hit that like button, hit that subscription button, help the State of the Saints podcast grow uh, as a podcast. I appreciate that. Uh, I think we excel at having a good organization with a great coaching staff that will address some of these needs. Goldface, you're absolutely right. And I, I just think that the Who That Nation sometimes don't give the coaching staff of the New Orleans Saints a lot of credit. You know, I think that they look at these players and they're like, okay, you know, the players are doing this, but you have to keep in mind, it's the coaching staff and the organization that get these players in here in order for them to be productive. It's the coaches that they coach these players up to put them in position to succeed. It's the front office going out here searching high and low to get the right guys, the right 53 on the team. And I just think that, you know, we start looking at, oh, we don't have this. Oh, we don't have that. But the reason why we fell in love with these players is because the, the organization made a commitment to these players and put them on the team because they felt like that those players had something uh, that they can give to this organization. So I think that we need to give the Saints organization a little bit more credit than we have given them and, and hope that they can get us where we need to be. I believe in them, okay? Until it's proven otherwise, I believe in this organization. Uh, I believe that they have been preparing for these type of moments. Uh, they realized that Drew Brees was at the twilight of his career. I'm pretty sure there were comments and, and conversations that were had behind the scenes when it came to Drew Brees' uh, career and how long he was going to be playing. I think that the, the torch has been passed to the new generation of Saints players. And, you know, you look at people like Demario Davis and, and Cam Jordan and Teron Armstead. These guys have, have willing to uh, accept the responsibility of being leaders on this team. And if you look at the Saints and how they're structured when it comes to leadership, you have to be really excited. I mean, great, solid locker room, great camaraderie and guys get along for the most part. I mean, you're always going to have guys on the team that may not get along. I mean, it just that just comes with the territory. Um, anybody that believes that everybody on the team gets along, you're sadly mistaken. You've probably been working alongside somebody for years, and you probably don't get along with them, you know. But at the same time, like, you know, they do a good job at their job, and you do a good job at your job, and together, you know, you're, you're an unstoppable force. So sometimes iron sharpens iron, and you know, I, I believe that this organization is is put in place to uh, be able to, uh, you know, tread through the waters post Drew Brees. Would you draft for that receiver or free agency? Uh, look, I would actually do both, um, Brandon. Um, I, I would actually do both. I do feel like the Saints need a seasoned veteran um, opposite of uh, Michael Thomas. Uh, I, I think that the veteran, what he brings to the locker room, his knowledge, his, his ability to, you know, be able to make plays, um, the game not being too big for him, I think that that's a plus. Um, when, you, when you're dealing with rookies, sometimes those guys, you know, they've been waiting their whole life for these type of moments. They be wide-eyed, they be bushy-tailed, and sometimes they play a little nervous, you know, because 
they're thinking in their heads like, you know, uh, am I doing this right? Am I doing that right? You know, sometimes, you know, the roar of the crowd, like looking at, at, your, at your uniform, you know, like, man, I can't believe I'm in the NFL. Sometimes it, it takes those guys some time in order for them to adjust to being a professional. But when you get a guy that's been in the league, that's seen it all, that's done it all, that's uh, been through the highs and the lows, I think those guys are ready to play right then and there. So I do think the Saints need to get a, a younger wide receiver, but I do think they need to get a seasoned veteran, somebody that can help Michael Thomas uh, with these some of these younger receivers to give them the confidence that they need when they're going out there on Sunday because you need guys that have confidence in themselves. And sometimes uh, guys have to lean on each other. You know, I don't care how confident you are. Sometimes you want to hear, you know, things that you can do better. You want to hear from somebody that actually done it. You know, you want to show that you appreciate you. You want people to appreciate you, you know, for what you're doing. And you also want people to be, you know, honest with you. And sometimes the people that we look for are the people that actually been there. Those are the people that we respect. You know, think about being a young linebacker. And let's just say, for example, you were playing for the Ravens and Ray Lewis was, you know, at, at, in his prime. You know, of course, you know, you're going to be listening a little bit longer because Ray Lewis is one of the best to ever do it. He's, you know what I'm saying, he's a great linebacker. Uh, it don't even have to be, you know, a great linebacker. It can be a guy like a K.J. Wright. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm not saying that he's not great, but I'm just saying like a guy that's been there, done that, you know, you, you need those type of guys on your team, which speaking of K.J. Wright, I think he's still out there. So, hint, hint, New Orleans. J-Rock says, TJ, you think the Saints will – Go defense with the first round pick or Terrence Marshall is available. What the Saints do? Uh, what do you think uh, they will take? Uh, well, I don't think I don't know if they'll take Terrence Marshall in the first round because, you know, I don't think that that's that important right then and there. You know, the Saints still have good wide receivers that can get the job done. Uh, what the New Orleans Saints need is defense. Uh, you need a linebacker. Or you need a cornerback. It's just as simple as that, J-Rock. You're not going anywhere without – good linebacker play or good cornerback play. You know, there's an old saying, I mean, it dates back to the beginning of the State of the Saints podcast. You don't have a, a good cornerback. You getting smoked like brisket, burnt like a biscuit. You know, like it's it just as simple as that. You need good cornerback play, especially going up against some of the best wide receivers in the NFL. When you got Julio Jones and Kelvin Ridley and Tony Brown and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you need those guys to go out there and be able to, uh, you know, be able to guard those guys or it's going to be a long day and it's going to be a sack lunch. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, for, for some of these guys, you know, Anthony here checking in, hope all is well. Who that for life? Well, thank you, Anthony. I, I appreciate that. Shouts out to you. Uh, we need a corner or a linebacker first. I'm going to say cornerback because everybody throws the ball, man. Trask an option if available. Well, I've been hearing Kyle Trask's uh, name come up. You know, the quarterback out of Florida, he was a Heisman Trophy finalist. Uh, he had one of his worst showings in a bowl game. Uh, look, I think that Kyle Trask uh, is a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. I don't think that you're going to win nothing with him. Um, I think that he can be a solid quarterback in the NFL if he plays his cards right. But there's nothing about him that knocks uh, knocks my socks off. You know, I, I, don't, I don't see what everybody else sees, you know. I mean, maybe it's just the fact that I haven't seen – a successful Florida quarterback, you know, so I guess you can count Cam Newton, but we don't consider him as a Florida quarterback. I mean, Florida quarterbacks, they, they're good in college, but when they come to the pros, it's hard 
uh, for them to transition, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Look, I mean, think about it. You think about the T-Bows. Uh, you think about the, the Chris Leaks. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think about the, the the Jesse Palmers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, all these guys were good in college. I mean, Danny Warfel and former New Orleans Saint. Like, I mean, I haven't seen it. You know what I'm saying? I haven't seen a, a good, solid Florida quarterback come into the league and take it by storm. I mean, I mean, Tebow took it by storm when it comes to like mainstream media, but it wasn't because of his play on the field. It was more about him being super religious and, you know, the God is awesome guy. You know what I'm saying? It had really little to do with his production on the field. You know what I'm saying? You know, I I mean, Kyle Trask, I mean, I ain't seen it. I could be wrong, you know, and and y'all know me. If I'm wrong, I'll come up here and say Mal was wrong about it, but I, I don't see greatness. I don't see knock your socks off. I don't see a potential MVP and Super Bowl MVP and Kyle Trask. You know, I just see a guy that, that has a headphone, has headphones on and a clipboard for the majority of his career. That That's what I see. So the Saints could be high on him, but man, that's why I don't get paid to be a, a scout. But from what I see, I would say no, sir. Okay. I'm more concerned about the tight end position. Troutman has the potential, but hasn't proven anything yet. Hopefully he's the truth. Just my opinion. Well, Damien, it's hard for us to see uh, certain things, you know, if they haven't been, you know, revealed to us. Uh, We have to take it for what we actually have seen. We've seen the development of Adam Troutman as a blocker. Adam Troutman coming out of Dayton was a pass catching tight end. And he had like all the tools in order for him to be a solid tight end. And we've seen him develop as a blocker. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's won a few awards, uh, you know, that were given out for him to, you know, a- as being a blocker. So that was one of the things that he needed to develop. I mean, we already knew that he can catch passes. And here's the thing, man. The guy that's getting paid the most are always going to get the most opportunities. I'm going to say that again. The guy that is getting paid the most is always going to get the most opportunities. And sometimes – that guy may not be better than the other guy, but he's going to get the most opportunities. And when you look at Jared Cook and what the Saints were paying him, of course, they're not going to, you know, make his production fall back because they're going to feel like they're losing money. OK, so it probably didn't have anything to do with Adam Troutman's development and had everything to do with the fact that they paid Jared Cook to be here and they're going to make him work. I mean, we, we've heard that before. We heard. You know, Rashard Matthews, shouts out to my guy Rashard, came on the show and he says that, you know, we need to understand that sometimes it's not about, you know, who's the best on the field. It's about what the organization has given up to acquire a player. And because they've given up so much, then, you know, they want to make that player work. And a guy that may be a little bit better than that player might get the short end of the stick. Adam Troutman could have been in that situation. He was a third round pick last year's draft, but Jared Cook is a guy that the Saints paid to come here to be a pass catching tight end. So it it probably wasn't any fault of Adam Troutman that he didn't hit the field as much. When he did hit the field, I seen production. I seen um, him, you know, pushing guys back, you know, being a solid blocker and, if you're looking at it from that standpoint, Damien, because like I said, he was a he was a pass catching tight end, so we know he can catch the ball. You ought to feel happy that he's actually developing as a blocker, something that he needed to get better at. So, with that being said, 
I think you ought to be happy and optimistic about what's going to happen now uh, that he's going to be a starting tight end of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, basically, Bama quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, for the most part, LeVar. You know, you know, I, I really don't I, – I, I haven't seen it. You know, I, I think that these guys are really good in college uh, because of what's around them. You know, it's easy for you to throw a pass down the field when – when Waddle is beating a guy by 10 yards, right? I mean, all you got to do is just lay it out there. He's going to catch the ball. Or throw, you know, a wide receiver screen and the looseness of the wide receiver is going to, you know, maneuver through those defenders, you know, slice through them. I mean, it's easy for you to look good in that regard, but what happens when the window is about that small? You know, like what, what happens when, you know, you're only going to have like for, for the most part four or five yards of separation, like, what are you going to do then? Are you going to be able to uh, throw those back shoulder fades? Are you going to be able to uh, throw a guy open? Are you going to be able to do that? And, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen it from a Florida quarterback, you know, and, and, and in some cases I haven't seen it from an Alabama quarterback either. You know, like I haven't seen it. So I need to see it in order for me to believe it. You know, I think a lot of these quarterbacks are being recipients of great offensive weapons around them. You know, and you have to be careful with that. I'm always impressed with guys that come from like middle of the pack schools and they're playing with guys that are like three and four star athletes, guys that that probably were afterthoughts for some of these power conferences. And they have their quarterback that can go out there and make these guys better. I'm always looking at those guys. Right. Because when you when you look at the Florida's, right, you look at the Alabama's, these guys are always going to be in the top 10 in recruiting. They're always going to have solid players that are around these quarterbacks and all you have to do is just be mediocre at best and you'll look above average because you're throwing to uh superior you know athletes that are borderline elite in on, on in the college ranks so you know it's hard for you know when you're throwing the ball to Devontae Smith I mean this guy won a Heisman for God's sakes I mean when you're throwing a ball to Waddle I mean you, you're throwing a ball to Najee Harris of course these guys are going to make you look good you know it's almost like you know, if I'm on a team with Kevin Durant, LeBron James, James Harden, and Steph Curry, right? You know what I'm saying? All I got to do is just throw the ball to one of those guys, and I'm going to win every time. You know what I'm saying? I, it's pretty obvious that I'm going to be the worst player out there. But, you know, because I'm affiliated with those guys, I'm a part of the winning team. So I, I'm looking at some of these other guys. You know, I'm looking at these guys like the Jamie Newmans. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm looking at – Guys like that, you know. So I'm looking at some of these guys that that probably aren't household names yet, but these guys can develop into the players that you want them to be. That is what I'm looking at. Y'all know how the OG get things done on a daily basis. Well, shouts out to Jerry, man. Thank you for being here, Jerry. It's it's all good, man. I know you say you was running errands, but I'm glad that you're here, man. You know that's that's the important thing that you're here and. Even if you didn't, you know, check out the live, man, just you watching it, you know, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, my friend. Mocha says, who that? Quarterback from Colorado State. Yeah, I'm looking at guys like that. I'm looking at some of those guys that that can come into a system and you can mold them to what they need to be. Those are the guys that I'm looking at. You know, those are the guys that that, that I look at and be like, hey, you know what? You know, maybe we got something here. You know, when those guys can win in spite of 
what's around them. If they can play good and solid despite what's around them, I always get those guys the extra notch. You know, I'm not saying that those guys are going to end up being uh, standout pros, but when you look at some of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, I mean, they ain't come from big name schools. I mean, Patrick Mahomes came from Texas Tech. Uh, Josh Allen, you know what I'm saying? When he came from Wyoming, you know what I'm saying? Like the guys that are, you know, showing up. I mean, Lamar Jackson came from Louisville. You know what I'm saying? Louisville is a is a basketball school. You know, like you're looking at some of these these top quarterbacks in the league. Russell Wilson came from Wisconsin. I mean, I mean, the list goes on and on. These aren't these aren't the schools that you know that we look at and, and we and we quiver in our boots when LSU has to play them. So let, let's try, you know, let's try to look at everybody, you know what I'm saying, and, and really assess the situation. And let's not fall in love with the guy's name and the school that he's affiliated with because sometimes those guys are not going to always give you the production that you're looking for. Damien says, appreciate the breakdown, TJ. I am optimistic about Troutman, but now he's a starter, so I guess we'll find out this year. Yeah, I mean, look, it's always a level of skepticism, Damien, when you when you don't know about things. Uh, now I, I can see uh, – no, now I can say it, I see love. Um, well, look, here's a, I, I appreciate that, Shelly. Um, but back to Damien, yeah, it, it's, it's – I understand, like, skepticism when, and when something hasn't been seen, right? You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's it's just one of those things where when a person, you know, tells you that they're going to do something for you, you know, like and maybe it's something like really important. All right. Let's just say for all my married people out there. Right. You know, like if your best man, you give him the ring. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, like you, you have confidence that, you know, what I'm saying like the ring is going to make it to the church where you can put it on your bride's hand. But still, you know, what I'm saying that's going to be this level of nervousness like. Ah man, you know what I'm saying? I hope this dude don't do nothing crazy, man. I hope he don't forget the ring at the hotel or forget the ring at his house or uh, he's doing it right. Like you you know that most likely it's gonna happen, but at the same time, it hasn't happened yet. So you're kind of skeptical about it. But finally, like when when the when the priest or the preacher asks for the rings and your best man pulls it out and gives it to you, like clutch, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I can understand the skepticism, but Look, I mean, look, it, it remains to be seen. I'm just going to say I'm going to be optimistic until it's proven otherwise. All right. Jeff Island uh, was at Tulsa Pro Day checking out Zayvon Collins this past weekend. Uh, that makes me excited. Well, look, Jeff Ireland um, does a really good job with scouting players. He does a really good job at getting the right players into this organization. He He's done so ever since he's gotten here back in about 2015. And... You know, it, it just, you know, one of those things, you know, saying like that, that he does really, really well. He has an opportunity, you know, to, you know, you know, like find the right players. Uh, some long winded rant says me and TJ is like this son. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes, you know, I can't get a little bit long winded, you know, but would you want me not to be long winded? You know, it, it wouldn't really. It wouldn't really make up for a really good show, you know. It really would, you know. So, so I, I got to be able to talk. Amen to that. Some uh, vinyl record TJ skipping like we usually do today. Uh, well, I don't know who some vinyl record is. Well, look, <laughs> I'm 
I'm just going to say this, man. I appreciate everybody for coming on the show, but it's impossible for me to read everybody's comments, you know, and especially if I'm changing the topic, you know, it, it makes no sense for me to go back to talk about some of the things that, you know, that we've already talked about, you know, it, it's to, to keep the, it's to keep the podcast as uniform as I possibly can. You know, I understand that everybody, you know, once their their moment, you know what I'm saying, to be able to ask the question, but it's impossible for me to always ask questions. And I understand people take that stuff personal, you know what I'm saying? And I apologize, but you know, I'm not gonna answer everybody's question. You know, I hate to say it like that, but I'm sorry. You know, I mean I try to give everybody the best content possible, but it's impossible for me to ask, you know, answer everybody's question. And I'm gonna answer the questions, you know, as they go along as I see them. And I apologize to anybody in advance, you know, charge it to, uh, you know, just the, the flow of the show and not what I think about you personally. You know, people have left the show because they feel like their, their opinions don't matter. Sorry. You know, <laughs> uh, I might miss an episode, but I always watch every single one. Ghostface, I appreciate that. Shelly says, and that is why Roosevelt Middle School is called uh, what it is. Mocha. Jerry says, same here. Uh, Victoranto. I'll be forgetting the uh, the ring sometimes. <laughs> the best man. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I don't know a lot of guys that forget rings, you know, like, but, you know, like I said, I, I know that guys are nervous about that. You know, I know I know guys are, are nervous about that. You know, they did like, oh, man, especially if you got like a best friend that's, you know, that, that, a little bit incompetent at times, you know, like, you know, like he, like you can't really count, like you can count on him, but can't really count on him or like, where you at? What are you doing? You know, like it it, it makes you a little bit nervous. Uh, Like when your cat goes away for two days, you know, she's coming back, but there's no feeling like when she does. Exactly. Uh, Thank God. Uh, I'm sad. What's wrong? What's wrong, Shelly? Ramsey said, hey, TJ, did you watch the Impact episode uh, this past Wednesday uh, night? Just come up with it. But the past Wednesday in the game of the week, Star Wars Commando and Force Unleashed 1 and 2. Okay, well, thank you, Ramsey, for the game update. Uh, No, I didn't watch the Impact episode. Not really a big Impact wrestling fan. Um, You know, I kind of know what's going on, you know, because I check the timeline. I interact with other wrestling fans, but. No, no, I, I didn't. I, I'm not really, I don't really watch Impact. Jeremiah says, what do you think about the New Orleans Saints moving forward for the 2021 season? Give Jameis opportunity to make the top uh, of Super Bowl Mountain in uh, Los Angeles next year. It's going to be a young man in the World Super Bowl Championship. Look, I just think that the Saints need to give him an opportunity. Uh, Jameis Winston has the opportunity of a lifetime. All right, this, this is the opportunity for him to resurrect his career. And no matter what he does, you know, he's always going to have that, you know, that 30 touchdown, 30 inception season luring over his head. But he can't change the narrative of what people think about him. And this is an opportunity to do so. And he has all the stars aligned for him to do it. I mean, you got the right head coach that's going to put you in a place to succeed. You got playmakers all around you. You got solid leadership. So you don't have to worry about just being the guy. The Saints have leadership. All you have to do is go in there and do your job. You're not the hopes and the dreams of the organization are, are not just put on your back like it was in Tampa. 
people aren't looking at you to be the savior of the team. They're just looking at you to go out there and play solid football and the rest will take care of itself. So if he does that, then I do feel like the Saints could be extremely successful. Uh, tell me, apologize for nothing. Please apologize for nothing. Thank you, Jesus. Free advice. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, Tammy Toronto Sergeant. Um, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, Mario Berner uh, says, uh, speaking of tight ends, with Troutman and Vernet on the field, I believe the single back formation is going to be nasty and play action will be relevant again. Can you elaborate on this, sir? Yeah, um, look, I think the play action is going to be on full display because I think the Saints are going to run the football a lot more this season. Look, the Saints will have to be insane not to run the football this season, especially when you have guys that are new to this offense at the quarterback position. Yeah, I understand that both of these guys have been on the team for you know more than two years. This is Jameis' second season with the team. Uh, Taysom has been here for about five years. So these guys have been around Drew. But it's one thing for you to be looking at it from the outside looking in. But to actually be on the field, the best friend of a guy that's getting his first start with a team is a running game. So I, I, I count on the Saints to be re- uh, really a heavy run team. You know, like I, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, we, we like, why did they, oh, why, oh, why did they sign Andrews Pete back? Why did they bring him back? Like, because Andrews Pete is a better run blocker than he is pass block. And I think the Saints are prepared to run the football more then pass it. And when you have guys uh, that can run in between the tackles like Latavius and like Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, that does set up the play action. And now you have Adam Troutman emerging as being a solid blocker. And you also have Barnett, Nick Barnett coming over, who is a, a, a younger version of a Josh Hill. I think that you can find success uh, in the play action game. And I think that you're going to see more explosive plays down the field, but I think it all is going to start up front. You know, offensive line to me is the most solid part of this team. Uh, you know, when you look at all of the, you know, the areas like the defensive line, there are questions. Linebackers, there are questions. Secondary, there are questions. Uh, wide receivers, there are questions. Quarterback, there are questions. One thing we are not questioning very much is the offensive line. So because that is the most solid part of your team, why not lean on those guys in order for you to generate success? Uh, in the running game, all right? I think if you have success in the running game, everything else will take care of itself. Uh, like, oh, wow, I can't believe I'm crazy and I can't believe my child. Uh, let me move on from that. Look, I, I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> Again, thank you for reading our comments, bro. Look, I try to read everybody's comments. I, I just don't understand. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand like why people just take that so personal. Like, I don't know, man. I guess you have to get to know me to understand that. Like, I don't know. And, and you have to understand that it's random because I've run across people having arguments, going back and forth with each other. So, I mean, I'm just just reading comments. And sometimes, you know, like I said, the comments scroll down and I just start from there. Uh, the Saints can't stop me for four years. I drive them out. They needed a transfusion in 2017, a nosebleed. <laughs> Thank you very much for your comments. <laughs> yeah, man, the defense of New Orleans Saints were, were absolutely trash. You know, I just hope that we don't go back to those days. Impact is low rent, uh, to say the least. WrestleMania week. Yeah, I'm excited about that, man. It's always excited to see WrestleMania. And 
now it's available on Peacock, you know, on the NBC affiliated app. So that ought to be interesting. What do you think about WrestleMania next Saturday? It's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. Uh, do you think CM Punk will return to CM Punk's wife? I forgot AJ Lee was married to CM Punk. Uh, no, I don't think CM Punk is coming back. I think that CM Punk has bigger fish to fry. I don't see how CM Punk would fit into WrestleMania, uh, you know, agenda this this year. Uh, I think that it's going to be a solid show. Uh, one, because this is the first time in over a year fans are going to be uh, in the stands for a WWE event. I think that the, the, the talent is, is, is chomping at the bit to wrestle in front of an actual crowd. I think that you're going to see guys go out there and put on great performances. I like some of the matches that they put together. Uh, you got some guys that are solid in-ring performers like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Cesaro and Seth Rollins going up against one another. So it's going to be exciting to watch, man. Uh, did you hear about the WWE WrestleMania predictions earlier today, TJ? Uh, no, I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't because I don't want I don't want to take away from the event. You know, no no disrespect to all my wrestling podcasters out there, but I just think that they just they just try too hard, man, and they they ruin the experience for a lot of people. You know, if you if you have that information, oh, according to sources, such and such is going to win a title. Well, let me find out. You know, like. I just think that they just do so like it, it's so crazy for you to go out here and search for different situations and then get mad at how, you know, how things pan out or you're not happy about it. Like you're the one that searched for it. You know what I'm saying? Like you're the one that looked for it. So you look for all these inside scoops and then you watch the event and it goes according to how it's playing and how you, how you read it. And all of a sudden, oh, this was horrible. Well, you already set yourself up to, to feel a certain way about it. You know, like, stop looking at the dirt sheets. I try not to. You know what I'm saying? Like, even, like, some of my best, uh, you know, wrestling podcasters out there, you know, when I see that this getting too, you know, inside on me, you know, I, I, I mean, I just turn. You know what I'm saying? I turn away. I fast forward until they're not talking about it anymore. I don't go out here and look for the stories. You know, I just I, – I, I want – I understand that social media, like, kind of spoils everything for everybody because everybody just knows everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you always got that one person that knows everything. Oh, that's not that person. Oh, it's not going to pan out that way. And they just ruined the experience. You know, I try to stay away from those folks. You know, I, I believe in, in, in excitement, like shock me, wow me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, would you read a book if you know how the ending is going to turn out? You know, if somebody just walks in and be like, what are you reading? Well, you'd be like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm reading the Barack Obama memoir. Oh yeah, man. Ain't it crazy how such and such happened at the end? What? You know what I'm saying? Let me close the book. Like you already know anything that happens you reading to this point is always going to lead up to what the person said to you. And I hate that. I'm not a fan of, it. you know, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't even try to do inside stuff. Like if I'm bringing stuff to you all, you know what I'm saying? It's because, you know, it probably already happened already. I'm not one of those guys that's, you know, hitting up a whole bunch of news reporters. Is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? Just to be first. Like, you know, I don't care about being first. You know, I, I don't. You know, you, you have individuals that as soon as something happens, they get behind the camera and be like, you know, such and such happened, you know, just to get those clicks and views. You know, sometimes, you know, I like to, uh, you know, kind of, you know, let things kind of sit there and let me figure out my thoughts. It's 
not always about being first. Hey, TJ, what quarterback prospect on day two or day three uh, do you think or do you like where the Saints are picking in the draft? Uh, I think that Sam Ellinger would be uh, a good fit for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, number one, uh, Sam Ellinger, do I think that he's going to be a solid quarterback in the National Football League? Uh, probably not. You know what I'm saying? Like, is he going to be like an elite quarterback? I'm, I'm going to take that back. Solid, yes. Elite, no. Uh, but he is a leader. Um, I see Sam Ellinger years down the line being a head coach on, on somebody's team. Uh, he's a guy that's a leader. He's a guy that, that people listen to. Uh, his Texas teammates had nothing but positive things to say about him. Uh, I can remember him going out there, uh, going up against LSU, going toe-to-toe with uh, Joe Burrow and them. You know, and, and you know, I, I like Sam Ellinger's fire and passion a lot. And I think that he can be a contributor to this team. And I think he's a smart football player, especially like since, you know, he comes from a family that is, you know, football oriented. You know, I always give guy, those type of guys the notch. I mean, Joe Burrow's dad was a, you know, was a former coach. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, these guys can listen to instructions and they don't take things so personal and they, and they have the chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Okay, my guy, you have football knowledge. Well, Mario, I appreciate that. Alice Marie, Alice Welch, uh, 12 people on, 11. Uh, let me see. Got to go. How you been the last couple of days? I've been all right, man. Y'all just been spending some time with the family. Uh, enjoyed the weekend. Man, I just took some time off to spend time with my wife and my son. You know, like it, it was a great weekend. You know, we had the first annual Jones family Easter egg hunt. You know, I, 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 I created this Easter egg hunt, you know, at the house uh, for my wife and son and just enjoying them, like, go up and down the stairs and outside and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it was it was just a great experience, man. And uh, sitting, having breakfast as a family, uh, you know, reading the Bible, uh, you know, it, it was great. You know what I'm saying? Telling my son the story of Jesus, uh, you know, rising, um, you know, out of the tomb. So it was great moments, man. I just took some time off, you know, for the last couple of days. You know, I know normally I, I go maybe no more than a day or two. But, I, I mean, I took a couple of days off, man, to spend time with my family, spend time with my wife and, you know, just do some great things, you know. And, uh, man, I, I had a great weekend. Read a few more, then we're going to uh, go ahead and get up out of here. Oh, oh yeah, what I didn't like about the weekend was uh, Jackson State, okay? I mean, that was just embarrassing, them losing to Southern like that. Not happy about that at all. Not happy. But I was happy. Uh, that they played on the flagship ESPN stage. I am just catching the pie, so I backed it up. Bobby is one of the toughest quarterbacks I ever had a privilege of watching. How many teeth has he lost and concussions? Yeah, he had quite a bit. He had quite a bit of concussions, and he was a tough guy, you know. And <laughs> I know my grandmother is going to pass out uh, when she realized he mentioned her name. Because <laughs> my grandmother is a huge Bobby Abel fan. Like, I can remember... My my grandmother like just chanting to the top of her lungs, jumping around, dancing, you know, when when Bobby Bet throws a touchdown or Bobby's trying to escape the pocket. Yeah, so uh that's probably the you know, having Bobby Bet was great on the show, but just knowing he mentioned my grandmother's name, uh, I knew it's gonna brighten the day. That meant a lot, you know what I'm saying? I enjoyed talking to uh Bobby, you know, I'm glad he was on the show and, and and I could you know I'm glad that he enjoyed it you know I'm glad you all enjoyed it as well and for those that probably just came on it was at the beginning of the show so check out the interview 
Uh, can't please everyone. Uh, keep doing your thing. Who that? Well, look, that that's the, that's one thing that kind of bothers me. You know, I am a people pleaser. I try to please everybody. I guess that's just the Leo in me. You know what I'm saying? Like if people follow Zodiac signs, I, like Leos have a tendency of trying to be people pleasers, you know? And, you know, I don't know, man. You know, it, you know, I guess, you know, sometimes you have to come to grips with the fact that no matter how you do things, people are never going to like everything that you do. And no matter how you carry yourself, everybody's not going to like you. And, you know, I guess I'm always trying to deal with the fact of why is that happening? You know, but, you know, I just understand you can't please everybody. But for those that are happy and satisfied with the show, I appreciate it. And, you know, and understand that even if their comment didn't get read, you know, I appreciate them being a part of the show. And, you know, I just don't I, I just what bothers me is when people feel like I show favoritism. They're the individuals that support this show. You know what I'm saying? They, they come on, they, they show up all the time and. You know what I'm saying? You know, I have a lot of respect for them because they've been rolling with me for a long time. And that, and like, you know, that there's no, you know, favoritism here. I, well, I take that back. There's a level of favoritism. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna say it. there's a level of favoritism because everybody, you know, what I'm saying everybody did give the state of the Saints podcast a chance in the beginning. Yeah, I am about to go on a rant. They didn't give it a chance. You had people out here, you know, what I'm saying like downplaying the show, barely watching it, not showing much, you know, respect to the show or the work that we put towards. And there are individuals that have been here in the beginning that, that really been holding it down, that support the show, that send information. Like, I can't tell, like, people talk about, you know, like, you know, like you always reaching out to Jerry. Let me tell y'all something about Jerry Poole. No matter what I'm doing, I don't care if I'm doing this show, I don't care if I'm doing a wrestling show, Jerry sends me emails about ESPN stories that come out. Like Jerry always like sending like information and stuff like that. And he supports everything that I do. And Jerry was like one of the four people when this show first started, he joined. Um, you know what I'm saying? Chosen. You know what I'm saying? Chosen is another guy. You know what I'm saying? Chemo is another guy. You know what I'm saying? They, they've been rolling with this show for a while. So I, yeah, I, I do have, you know what I'm saying? Like a certain level of love for those guys because they believed in this show from the beginning. Now, I'm not saying that everybody, you know what I'm saying, don't believe in this show. And I appreciate for those that do. But I do have a level of those guys that, you know what I'm saying, when they see me, you know what I'm saying, like opening up the boxes, you know what I'm saying, they 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 came up and they asked me, did I need some help? You know what I'm saying? They didn't help. They didn't wait for, you know what I'm saying, me to break down the boxes and, and put everything on the shelf and everything like that. They helped me put the stuff on the shelf. So I do have a level of respect for guys like that because they believed in me. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate everybody that came along later that, that believe in the show and the progress and helping to push the show. But I'll be lying if I look, there's there's those those certain people that you, you know what I'm saying, that you always going to, you know, have respect for and show love to because they believed in you before anybody else did. So I'm sorry, you know what I'm saying? But you know, I, I, you know, I pray to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Also, my my guy, Josh, you know what I'm saying? He's another guy. You know what I'm saying? Damien is a guy that not only follows the State of the Saints podcast, but also follows the wrestling show as well. And you got people that hold me accountable. Like, when you going to do a show? You know what I'm saying? Like, RJ Mason. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, people like Chanel. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I, if I put out merchandise, first one to come, you know what I'm saying? First one to buy a shirt. First one to buy merchandise. So I'm always going to have love for people like that that believe and invest in this show. 
And I got love, like I said, I got love for everybody, but there, there are certain people that I know for a fact care about the success, you know what I'm saying, of this show, and they and they put the groundwork in just as much as I did. So I am going to have respect, and I am going to show some more love for those individuals. Straight up. Um, let's go ahead and, and read. I'm going to read one more. Jerry says, I really appreciate the shout-out. Hey, man, I'm just telling the truth, brother. I'm just telling the truth. I'm just I'm just keeping I'm just keeping it all the way 100. And it's nothing personal. And Josh says, I'm one of TJ's favorite four. Eat that. Yeah, I mean, he definitely uh definitely one, you know what I'm saying, one one of one of the top four, you know what I'm saying, that's been there from the beginning. Like I said, Chosen has been here, Jerry has been here, Kimo has been here, you know what I'm saying? RJ Mason has been here, Se- several others, you know what I'm saying, that that you know what I'm saying, I've you know. Uh, King Arthur, you know what I'm saying, uh, is another. Those those guys that I got, you know, Mario, you know what I'm saying, is, is you know what I'm saying, an individual that 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 supports as well. So all of these people, you know, help this show grow. So yes, I am going to have like a special place in my heart for those individuals because once again, they believed in me when others. It probably took them a little while to do so. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you all so much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. And once again, the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com is the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. Use that promo code State of Saints. That's all one word. State of Saints, lowercase letters, okay? State of Saints, lowercase letters, and you will save 20% off of your Manscaped purchase, no matter if you're spending $100 or $8 you will get 20% off. Also, once again, want to thank the Cajun Cannon and the godfather of the Who That Nation, Bobby Bear, for being a part of the State of Saints podcast. For those that joined late, go ahead and hit that rewind button. Check out the interview. Thank you all so much for your time. Much love to you. Enjoy the rest of your day. And like always, all I got to say is, Who That? <laughs>